Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast. I've met many people over the years who have failed and given up. The point of this podcast is to get people to understand that failure is part of the process. Welcome back to the Fail Forward podcast. Today, we are recording the 100th episode of Fail Forward, which I'm amazed to say that we're doing. I had lots of different people drop into my inbox wanting this 100th episode, and I thought about it for a very long time of what I was going to do, who I was going to do, um, who I was going to do it with, who I was going to do, who I was going to do it with. And there was only one person that really stood out. And that was my great friend and now uh, business partner, Jay Allen. And what I really wanted to talk about today is everything to do with business partnerships, J- uh, JVs, the good, the bad and the ugly. So welcome, Jay. Henry, delighted to have you. Uh, d- delighted to be with you today. And uh, particularly on this celebratory centenary episode congratulations for everything that you've done to be able to get it to where it is and most humbled and uh, flattered that you've chosen me to be able to be on this episode thank you thanks jay for being here so just quickly what i wanted to say to everybody is this uh, podcast has gone from strength to strength in the recent months and i want to say thank you to all the listeners everybody that's subscribing um all the comments that are dropping into my dms I am so pleased to say that we made it to number one in the entrepreneurship charts. We've made it as high as eight in, a, in the USA. So it was number one in the UK, eight in the USA. And I keep getting lots of people dropping into my DMs and giving me lots of great um, feedback and saying, where do I review? So what I need everybody to be doing, because what I want to do with this podcast is I want to share positivity. I want to share love. I want to share great mindset. Like I one commitment I want to give to everybody is I see so many podcasts sell out and they sell out in the way that people think you've got to have negative um, negative stuff, you've got to have negative um, things come on, you've got to have a certain gender, certain things to be able to get clicks, to be clickbaity, to get likes. And I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to continue to spread love, positivity, create great mindsets and be able to just be honest and transparent and tell everybody the good and the bad of life, because we can always talk about all the good things, but there's also difficult things that happen as well. So what I need everyone to be doing who's listening right now is I need you to like I need you to subscribe. I need you to write me a review and keep sharing um, because I believe in a world that we are right now where there is so much war and negativity and this and that and you just look at the news and it's just neg, 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 that we need to be spreading more happiness, more positivity. So I need the support of everybody who's been listening to this podcast to help share it far and wide because sometimes negative news spreads faster. And I know that I, sometimes I'm going to be pushing um, upstream a little bit with trying to spread love and, and positivity. But I need everybody to be on this journey with me and sharing and supporting. One other thing that I need to do is I need to get some sponsors at some point because this podcast, it does cost a lot of money to run. And I just need some. But I want ethical sp- uh, sponsors. So if anyone's listening to this and thinks, actually, I want to be on that on on that then please let me know i've not done any sponsors we're two years in and i've not done a single sponsor and i don't want to flood this with sponsors i don't want it to be you know every two minutes it's stopping but i would like to work with a couple of select people who would love to sponsor this podcast and take it to the new level because where i want to take it is to a worldwide positive beacon for everybody to be able to be part of enjoy and share with each other so now let's get into the episode. We've done that bit. We're going to get into the episode. So we're going to talk about joint ventures. We're going to talk about partnerships, being in business with other people. Now, for me, pre-business failing, it was all about my ego and me. Um, so actually, I um, the amount of times I had people move towards me, but I was always like, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it on my own. I've got to do this. This is me. And my ego just got in my way. And as we've talked about before, egos can play a good part in our life, but also it can also play play difficult parts in life because it doesn't understand that we're not in we're not in ancient times anymore trying to fight off, you know, a, a tiger or a bear or something like that. You know, it's easy, different things. And our ego doesn't always serve us the best way. But I want to take you right back to when I first started when I first started my tree surgery business, we called it Arbicare, not realizing that Arbicare was used by about 20 other different tree surgeons around the UK. But I had a guy that I went to put business with. And the way it worked is me and this guy had worked together in the previous business that had gone under that year. Um, and then the chap, John Parrington, great, great guy, and I'll always be forever thankful for him, phoned me up and said, Henry, remember you told me you wanted to start your own business? I was like, yep. He's like, come and meet me in the Checkers pub in Four Marks and let's have a conversation about it. He said, look, I'll sub you all the work. Remember that chap you worked with? Why don't you get a hold of him and you can do it together? So we did. We formed this business together. It was a sole trade. It was called Arbicare. 
And long story short, we did three months of work together and we worked really well together on site. But the difficult bit came is that I was the one that, that had the van and chipper at my house. I was the one that woke up in the morning, got all, everything set up. I'd go and pick this guy up. We'd go, we'd go off on site. I would, we'd do all the work. He would graft on site. So there was no, nothing wrong with his grafting. But then the day would finish. I'd drop him off home. I would come home. I would do the chipper maintenance. I'd sort all the tools out. I would go and quote the jobs. I'd send the invoices. I'd do all the paperwork. I'd do all the stuff. And actually, it ended up that this guy was really, he was just working in the business. And it wasn't really a partnership because a partnership should be, in my my opinion, something where both of you are bringing something to the table and it's together and you're bouncing off each other. And it's not one doing all the work and the other one's not doing anything, unless there's money and other stuff involved. And we'll get in, get in further in that in, in the, into the, this episode. But it's got to be an, a fair exchange of value that you're both bringing into each other's lives. It's got to be met with fair exchange. So um, that year we did three months together and then basically we decided to split and, and he went off on his own way. I We ended Arbicare, which was just one name, and we started up HRG Tree Services. And the way I looked at it when I was going through that motion, because it was quite stressful and quite emotional because this guy had been working with me and I know, knew that I, when I looked at it, I went, hang on a minute, we are... Um, we're going to be, I plan to run this business for most of my life, potentially. At this point, I didn't understand about exiting and all this kind of stuff. And I thought this could be a relationship that could go on for 20, 30 years. Is this going to work? And I kept looking at it going, no, it couldn't. So we split. And then I went and did business all on my own. And it was really, really difficult um, to do everything on your own. Um, and I, But my ego was telling me that's the only way to do things. Even my wife, Sarah, who wanted to work with me, I was like, no, 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 this is my business. I'll do my stuff. I'll do it my way. But the point of this is, is that then suddenly I got into, I lost it all. Everyone knows the story. If you don't go back and listen to some of the episodes, because especially episode one, you'll understand my whole story. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, um, it's too long to say in this episode because we take the next two hours doing it. But um, once I failed, my ego was so bashed, I suddenly started looking and thinking, okay, well, there are other people that I know in partnerships. And actually, it's quite nice to see them bouncing off each other and having each other as support. Um, and then I got into property. And as soon as I got into property, everyone's talking about JV this, JV that, JV this. Let's buy a house together. Let's get, get some money. You need to find a business partner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I did. I started to look and open my eyes and started to drop my guard Um um, I met Wayne, who's my potential business partner in my service accommodation business that we're just working together at the moment, working together how we make that into a partnership. And then I met Jay. Um, and when I met Jay, and I will let Jay talk in a minute, honestly, I will do. This is just the intro bit, and then we'll get right into it. But then I met Jay, um, and Jay, uh, me and Jay met at a um, at a mastermind uh, Christmas ball. Um, first of all, I met his lovely wife, Amanda, and she said, you've got to meet Jay. He talks about failure as well, and he talks about learning from failure. And you two are just going to, you two are going to talk, and it's going to be great. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, Amanda. Okay, but I don't know this guy. And she wasn't wrong, because we did meet, didn't we, Jay? We met, um, at his, and we, I think we talked at the bar for most of the evening. And we talked about all things to do with, you know, business and failure and what we talk about. Um, and then, um, then Jay, uh, me and Jay, well, we, I got you on this podcast and you were the first, you actually made me cry, Jay. That was the first time I had tears in my eyes telling your, telling your story um, about the, with the lawnmower and Morrison's was, it was just inspiring. And I've also had, I actually had someone in, uh, someone in my inbox this weekend say, Henry, Jay's brilliant. I need to work with him. So uh, by the way, Jay, I'm going to refer you to this guy. But anyway, um, I, we then did a couple of podcast episodes. Jay said, look, I want to do some business with you. I went and met Jay in Birmingham. And he said, um, all I was thinking is at the time I had three business, well, I had four businesses. I had six revenue streams. I was doing property training for Progressive. I had all this stuff. And all I did was radiate. I have no time. I have no time. I think I remember Jay actually saying back to me saying, so basically you're telling me that your kids are your highest priority. You, you, you haven't got any time. And yeah, that's the way we kind of left it. And I kind of walked away going, have I missed an opportunity there? Because I've just put the brakes massively on. But I wasn't wrong. I didn't have enough time. And um, then the months rolled by and I suddenly started thinking, well, I don't need a new business. I've got this amazing guy, Jay Allen, who keeps messaging me. We keep doing podcast stuff together. We keep talking. Our values really align. I've got a mastermind where I'm I've got 16 years experience and I'm a mentor, but I'm not a trained business coach. And I don't have, I don't really know all the things in business. I know a lot in business, but I don't know all the things. And Jay knows all the things. So why don't we do something together with this mastermind? And we did. So we did, Jay came on. Fortunately, just before I had my stroke, it was a case of Jay. 
Uh, I just had a stroke. I know you've been in it even two weeks, but can you run the whole thing for three months? And again, it just showed the showed how our values aligned and how Jay um, is as a human being. Because it was like, Henry, your health and your family is the most important thing. Go and take three months off and go and recover. But then what the, the amazing thing that's that's come of it is, is that we we have just worked together and we are creating something very, very special with the Tree Surgery Mastermind. As Jay says, he stands up and says, I don't know trees. Um, and I go, well, Jay knows about business and Jay will sometimes, he'll talk in this in, in an amazing way and I'll get tree surgeons looking going, okay, so what does that mean? And I'll go, okay, so this is what this means for, for, for your tree surgery business. And we then work it all out and then, and then it interlinks through, through for our tree surgeons. So that's really how, um, how we got to meet um, and how we're now, we're, we're currently in dating. We're not official business partners, but I would say if you're talking about it like a, to, a two people getting together. We're currently in dating stage and things are going rather well at the moment. So maybe marriage will be on the horizon soon. So Jay, that's my bit, <laughs> 10 minutes of talking. Everyone knows I love to talk. Very much welcome to the podcast and it's so great to have you on. So let let me ask you a question. What What is your, what's your take on the, the difference between a partnership, a JV um, and all things to do with two two or three or four people working together on a project business. Henry, thank you. And yes, you're right. It's, it's critically important to have done that introduction in the way that you have in order for people to understand why you've invited me to be able to come along and, and share some thoughts and ideas today. Um, from a place of one business coaching and having either helped or supported or enabled about 85 so far businesses in the last eight years to be able to grow through partnerships and joint ventures. So I've I've done this both three or four times within my own business, but then supported about 80 odd other businesses to be able to see the benefits of either one or the other or looking at it and then determining that this isn't for me. Um, so the first thing I want us to be able to quickly cover off, and you mentioned it in the introduction, but it's the first and most critical importance is if you're going to do this, first of all, before you even think about going to the market or having a conversation with a chap in Birmingham um, about what that might look like, is to first understand what are your goals? What is it that you're trying to aspire to and achieve? And is the person or persons that you're thinking of partnering with aligned with that as an outcome? I always say that start with the end in mind and work backwards and understand are we both aligned with what we're trying to achieve in life and in business? And therefore, by coming together, are we going to support each other in being able to, over, uh, to, to attain that in the quickest possible manner? And aligned with that is, and are we going to do it in the same type of way? Have we got a cultural fit? Have we got, as you mentioned, uh, aligned values? There's no point in me saying that I want to be able to do posh and prestige if in actual fact, my business partner says, stack them, I sell them cheap. Um, we've got to be able to understand the way in which we want to be able to do business in order to achieve those outcomes. And if you've got those two things already aligned in your own business, that you've got clarity on what you're trying to achieve and a good set of understanding about the, the parameters in which you're willing to work, then you're ready to be able to discuss how to be able to achieve that quickly by working with either somebody else or a collection of people or businesses to be able to achieve and accelerate to get there as quickly as possible. But until you've got clarity on what you're trying to achieve and you've got clarity on how you want to do business to achieve it, you are not or really shouldn't be thinking about partnering with somebody else to be able to utilize their audience or their skill sets or this and the other to exemplify your business if in doing so, it's going to create a lot more confusion or or angst about trying to work collectively. And I think that's the first critical point is to say you've got to have clarity in what you want to achieve before you say, and how am I going to achieve that with somebody else? Yeah, and I think I haven't thought about this, actually, but because of the journey I've been on and when I met you, Jay, I think if you we had met five years ago, we wouldn't be this wouldn't be happening because I didn't have any of that. I didn't have a clue. I, I, I wanted to have a large tree surgery business. I wanted to do all this all this stuff. But I know now, thinking about it, and I never thought about it like this, when you met me, I'd already done a lot of deeper work on the building of the mastermind, tree surgery mastermind and business academy. I already had a vision. I already had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how many clients we wanted to serve each year for the next five years. I knew the vision. I had We had the values in place. I knew I wanted to create a game-changing product that where a, a rising tide raises all ships so 
I didn't even think that you'd have probably seen that. And when I d- delivered that to you, you're going, okay, well, this guy, I, this guy, this excites me. Because I remember you saying to me, yeah, I want to go there with you. But I didn't even put it into comparison that actually if I hadn't had that in the first place, and we might not even got to dating stage because I wasn't giving any structure or this is where I want to go. And then you were like, I'm on board with that. I want to go there too. And we're like, okay, cool. Let's make this happen. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that conversation in Birmingham, um, we, we both came to it with a, with, with a um, trepidation, with a little bit of uh, inquisition, a little bit of uncertainty about what the day might hold, but some some core values that we were bringing to the meeting. But in actual fact, beyond what we actually did, the, the physical interaction and the, the communication that we shared, there was a deeper understanding about, I needed to understand, if I'm going to work with this person, in what capacity am I going to be of best service to them? And if you didn't have those things in place, that conversation about a potential partnership is likely to have gone into some form of sales pattern for me trying to teach it to sell you into some form of coaching package. And it was only by establishing that you don't need a coach and mentor. You need someone that can bring a different skill set and work alongside you to be able to deliver some things to your to your community on the present on the premise that. You've already got the things in place that needed to be in place in order to be able to move beyond needing my guidance and support in that in that manner. It was only because you'd done the work, you've done the deep seated work on understanding about your vision, your values and how you want to be able to get there that said, because you've done that and I've already achieved that in my own business. Now we can have a deeper level of conversations to talk about what we could do if we worked collectively. Perhaps, it, perhaps it's best if we talk about just helping uh, uh, you know your audience understand the legal differences in a variety of different manners between a joint venture and a partnership so people can get a good understanding with regards to what's the difference between the two and of the two, which one am I more aligned to or akin to, which one's likely to serve me better. Is that okay? Cool. So let's start off by talking about that, that purpose. In a joint venture, it's typically a temporary arrangement. A joint venture is usually a short-term project. Now, a short-term might be three, four, five years, but in comparison to a partnership that's likely to be a very long-term partnership, um, you know, you wouldn't have a partnership of six months. You'd probably have a joint venture, but you probably wouldn't have a joint venture of 20 years. You'd probably have moved from joint venture into a partnership. So first of all, a joint venture tends to be a temporary arrangement with a specific either end date or at least review date to be able to achieve a single objective. In comparison, a partnership is usually intended to be a longer arrangement, years or decades as opposed to months. It can be dissolved if the partner agrees to, but otherwise it's usually because it's got a longer term project a longer term outcome that we're trying to achieve. And therefore, we're going to work collectively on a, on a series of projects, if you like, in order to be able to, to, to become that, that long term goal. So we're in dating phase. We've formed a, a joint venture or, or I've joined your uh, as a joint venture in your tree surgery mastermind with views to potentially becoming a partner at some stage in the future. We're in dating phase thinking about possibly getting married in the future, as you put it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the, the structure. Go on. Go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, just to give some other people some relevance as well, like, because I know some property people listen to podcasts. I could, there's so many JVs that happen in property. And that, as you say, seems to be short term because it's like, let's do a property together for a year and then we'll exit and, we'll, and then we'll take each other's fee and take each other, not take each other's fee, but then we'll, we'll, we'll have an exit to get out of it. And there's lots of joint ventures. Like I see, for example, the training center we've just built on the side of our um, new tree surgery yard. I might enter some JVs with some other trainers who want to come and then joint venture and do their training in that yard. And that'll be a joint venture because I'm not going to partner with them. We're not going to go into, we're not going to have a business together necessarily, but they'll joint venture with me. So I can earn some money from their tra- from setting their training up and we can help them with all the, all the training center and maybe some of the systems and some of the, maybe some of the marketing, that'd be a joint venture and then we'll break away. But I don't want to go into partnership with people on that. It's just a JV. So just giving some people some idea of, uh, of some maybe explanations of how I see that. So yeah, carry on, Jay. No trouble. The next thing to look at once we've identified that there's a common purpose is to understand the structure in which we're going to operate. Again, in a joint venture, 
It's a temporary business arrangement where two or more parties pull resources and expertise together in order to be able to achieve a specific goal. Like you say, in, in business, uh, sorry, in, in property, it might be a case of one person's got some cash and the other person's got some time and we joint ventures together to be able to overcome um, those, those challenges in order to be able to get to a common goal. I'll put some money in, you'll put some time in and collectively we can get to a point where we can sell the asset or rent out the asset, recover the cash and pay off the time. Whereas a partnership, two or more individuals or entities. So it could be that instead of Jay and Henry going into partnership, it might be my true north and HRG tree surgeons. So it could be two businesses or two per people or two people and two businesses, or it could be a, a person and a business. So it's an entity that comes together to form a business venture. Partnership, partnerships typically share profit and loss and management responsibilities collectively, as opposed to a JV, where we're likely to say, well, you're responsible for that bit and I'm responsible for this bit. Whereas a partnership is we are collectively responsible for all bits. Okay. Yeah, good. Cool. Now, now let's look at legals, because that's the important bit is to understand that it's all right having a conversation and agreeing to something. But unless there's some paperwork in place, then in actual fact, it's a gentleman's handshake. And we all know what that can do. My biggest concern for people that go into business together. And let's face it, we've all done it. We've all been at work with a friend and we've had such a close friendship that we say, do you know what? We could do this together and we branch off because we've we've both got a goal that we want to achieve and we set up and before you know it we're doing some good numbers with the best of mates we're going to be mates forever and i can guarantee at some stage in life something's going to happen that's either personal or professional or at some stage as the business continues to grow and develop your aspirations of what life means and success in life means will determine that there is no way on this earth that you're going to get to a million turnover, 10 million turnover, 100 million turnover, and still be the best of friends with the same intent. At some stage in the future, either something personal or something professional is going to come along and say, hang on a minute, I'm doing all the work here. I can, I can almost guarantee that at some stage, I, I often say with the best intent in the world, money changes people. And once we've hit that number, that, that, that whatever that number is in our own head of what does success mean for you and your family and, and your future, once you've hit that number, it changes us. It categorically changes our thinkings of life and what we want to do with our time and where we want to spend it and who we want to spend it with. And if your number isn't the same as their number, you step off and they're still cavorting along to, to what they want to achieve. And before you know it, there's a disconnect. And it's only once we've got some paperwork in place that says, hang on a minute, we've got a contract here. We've got something that said we're both in agreement that this is what we're working towards and we can hold each other to account to achieve. And that's why we really ought to set up some form of legal template of either a joint venture or a partnership as we enter it, not at some stage in the future. And if you're already in a partnership or a joint venture that's a gentleman's handshake, today is the day that you say, whilst we're the best of friends, let's sit down and work out as to what does success look like and on what period of time are we going to continually check in with each other to say, are we happy to still do this for another period of time? Or has it got to a period of time now where, where we've decided that we're starting to see differences in what we want to achieve in life and it's now time to be able to have a have a uh, an amicable divorce if we're going to use those marital, marital terms? Because if you don't, What's going to cost you a few hundred quids to set up now is going to cost you tens and tens and tens of thousands of pounds in legal fees if we get it wrong later on in life. Yeah. And and you know what, Jay, I what I really loved is when we started working together is you said, look, Henry, you come up to Manchester and, and I did because I think I, was, I tied it in with something else. And we went and sat in an office for a day um, and we, we went through everything. You, we had, you had the JV agreement there. We went through almost page by page this, that, who's doing what, what, this is what we're going, this is where we're going to go, this is what we want to do. We went through everything. But the question that I loved that at the end, and you just closed, you closed the book or the folder and you said, right, now we've done all that bit, 
what could go wrong? And I was like, okay, okay, oh, this is a good question. And I loved it because we then talked around everything that could potentially go wrong in the next five, 10, 15 years or, or the, however long we're going to be uh, in partnership JV together. And it was great because quite often people don't talk about the things that potentially go wrong and then they go wrong and people go, oh, but, uh, this this happened. And we talked around, you know, me needing to have time off with the kids over half term. And you're like, cool, well, my kids are grown up, so I don't have to worry about that. I don't want to be going on holiday during half term when it's more expensive. And we managed to talk around all these different things. We have cards face up from, de- from day one. And it was one of the most honest and upfront chats that we could have. So we then stop it. We, we talk, we do all the legal bit and then we talk about, like yeah what what could go wrong and and i thought that was a really really good um way to end our meeting is to, to be able to surface that up that stuff up talk around it and then almost work out it before it happens so it doesn't happen and then it stops all that from you know all that from suddenly coming up and slapping his face in a year or two years or five years like you say when you don't have it all in place and you've not talked about it and then it creates that animosity really doesn't it and and, and stress and, and and money and everything else that goes with it Absolutely. I mean, there's there's one thing that, there was, yes, it was a very intentional day and I'm grateful that you, you came up and spent some time with us. It's important that in the morning session, I'd structured it in such a way that we could go through a very comprehensive joint venture partnership agreement to look at what it would look like on paper before we made any final decisions of whether we wanted to enter into that or not. So, we were able to look at the structure and sit and work through page by page, almost line by line, what would that mean and how would that be and how would we want to be able to orchestrate that, that we're both happy with and it aligns with our vision and our values and our culture. And we we got to a point where just about lunchtime, it was it was a really exciting part in the day where we're in agreement and we're ready to put pen to paper. And I went, hang on a minute, let's just put it to one side. Now we've done the, the blue sky thinking. It's now a point of being able to say, but before we sign it, let's just put boots back on the ground again and talk about the reality of, but what if? And the importance of doing it in that manner, rather than saying, let's let, let's determine all of the risks that we might be uh, aware of, and then how do we counterbalance it by coming up with the legal agreements to protect ourselves, is if you go out on, go out on a high, go out on a, a super motivated point, you're at risk of not putting into the contract all of the things that perhaps you need to have in order to be able to protect yourself from all of the losses or all of the risks. Whereas if we turn around and say, look, there's all the legal stuff, there's all the positives, let's just counterbalance that with some of the risks and rewards that we're running here to ensure that when we get to a point of signing, that we are boots on the ground, competent, comfortable, that there isn't an energy spike, that we're doing this with our eyes open and ready to be able to commit to what it is that we brings the bring, brings us forward. And I think that brings us into a, a nice segue, if we will. Can we just start looking at perhaps some of the pros and the cons of, of both of these uh, and what they bring to help our, uh, our listeners and your audience to be able to understand what it is that you might be looking for in a partner and perhaps some of the things that would be a red flag before you move forward. Definitely. I think the, the pros and the cons are, are the cons are probably the most diff, the most important part, because just like when you're dating a, a new partner, you're kind of in this happy stage and everything's happy. Um, and I think you can get kind of excited by meeting somebody and be like, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to make millions of pounds. And you're really, really excited and you think it's all going to work. Um, and then maybe it doesn't. So I think it's from me at the beginning of this podcast saying about the all the positives and how we want to spread positive stuff. But I th- also think that we that the negatives are very important to talk about. And I'd say it with our masterminders, like I can be very subjective. I actually um, was talking to Sarah last night saying, um, you know, with the, I don't with, with the people on our mastermind. I don't always agree with everything everyone says. Not because I disagree with what they're saying, but because we want to be check, making people are checking in their blind spots, and that's what a good coach can, needs to do. Um, just like in a partnership, we need to be looking at the blind spots and saying, okay, what could go wrong? Because it's so easy to look at all the positives, and then suddenly you you've not looked in your blind spot and worked out something could go wrong. So I'm I'm particularly looking forward to this part of this podcast. So yeah, go for it. The pros and the cons, Jay. Let's go. Like you say, it's almost like dating. When we when we meet somebody for the first time, all we're doing is we're trying to be on our best behaviour. We're trying to do all of the things that that are relevant to being able to to drive that to a uh, to a positive outcome. Um, we're we're very conscious of what and where and when and why and how. Perhaps at no point do we think, why did they split up with their ex? 
what was it about their previous relationship that went wrong? And is there any likelihood of that repeating again itself and again and again? And we don't... St- I recall going through my divorce a million years ago now, but I recall going through my divorce and two or three friends saying to me during that process, we always knew that you two weren't staying together forever. We always knew that you'd separate one day. And it was a case of, why didn't you tell me at the time? (laughs) You could have saved me about seven years. (laughs) Well, you seemed happy, Jay. A friend needs to be honest with you. So, so like I say, let's let's look at the pros and cons, and let's look at them in, in equal measure. First of all, let's look at joint ventures and understand the positives about going into a joint ventureship. Certainly, um, by coming together with somebody else, you're going to be able to improve the specialism of expertise that you can offer. Like like you said, one of the things that we recognise within each other is I put both hands up in the air and say, listen. I don't know trees. Um, I'm happy to say that my understanding of trees is I can spot the difference between a silver birch and an oak. Um, And that's about it. I know what a conifer is. Um, But beyond that, I'm in bewilderment every time I walk into your yard and see the guys at work and such with regards to exactly what goes into the professionalism of being able to be a tree surgeon. But you also recognised that I've had 15, 16, 17 years now experience in buying, growing, scaling and exiting businesses that although you've got some experience in six different revenue streams, you recognise that I've been doing this for a significant length of time with about eight and a half thousand other business owners from a whole myriad of other businesses that I bring a set of specialist scale up skills that perhaps that your clientele can benefit from beyond that of your own experience. And therefore, bringing these two things together have accelerated the opportunity for both of us to be able to best serve our community. The other thing about it is risk sharing. We're in this together. Um, You're no longer in it on your own. There's no longer a single point of failure. There's no longer um, you making all the decisions that collectively we can make a far better decision by having a, a different set of mindsets that comes together to say, but what about this and what about that and how about this? And well, I could do this and you could do that. We could come together as a, as a collective to be able to say, how do we overcome some of the challenges that we're gonna face along the way? And v- vice versa, you've got your own network as have I, and collectively we can now share that network and cross sell to each other's network, the opportunities that we can now offer. We can now bring it together and we've got a far bigger marketing reach both on socials and in more traditional marketing than we had as an individual. It becomes a lot more cost efficient to be able to have a joint venture because you've got somebody else bearing the brunt of some of the costs. We've agreed on a 50-50 split of both cost and profit. And therefore, there are things that we're no longer having to absorb all of the costs of because you can share that with a partner. And it creates some flexibility. As you said, you're a, uh, you're a, you're a dad of, with a young family. My family have already grown up and therefore it was very easy to say, listen, Henry, don't even worry about Easter and bank holidays and summer holidays and Christmas and the likes, along with school sports days and teacher parent days and all those types of stuff. I've already done all of that. So you can now stop worrying about how do I manage my business 24-7 and be a responsible father and husband because you've got a partner that just says, well, give all of that stuff to me. I don't want us to have to book um, and go on holiday amongst an aeroplane of screaming kids. I'll leave all of that to you. And then once it's all over and the prices have come back down and the, the, the hotels are all adult only in September, October time, I'll happily disappear off and leave me to it for a month. Quite comfortable knowing that I've done my bit. So create some flexibility for you in your life. However, it doesn't necessarily always turn out positively because some of the negatives, some of the cons that you need to be aware of, it also brings a new level of complexity. Instead of just being the decision owner and saying, do you know what, we're going to do this. We now have weekly meetings to discuss what are we going to do this week? And we form agreements on who's doing what, doing where, doing when, how are we going to do that? So it adds a new level of complexity in decision-making because we've now got somebody else to consider before we go ahead and make those decisions. That ties in with shared control. We're now collectively responsible for collection of cash and spending of cash. And therefore, there's a discussion around budgets. 
and about how to be able to allocate funds. Again, something that we didn't have to do when we owned a business outright that we've now got a consideration for because we're working with somebody else. There's some legal and regulatory challenges if we've got into a formal agreement with regards to honouring an agreement that we're in to talk about what does that have and what impact can that have for both you and your business. We are both business owners in our own business as well. And therefore, we've got to be able to give considerations to the impact the decisions we make here might have on our other businesses. And finally, there's no point going into an agreement unless you've also got an agreement on how you're likely to come out of the agreement successfully. So having an exit strategy, having a plan that says on a quarterly or annual or biannual basis that we're going to come back together, have a proper structured meeting, just like we did in Birmingham, to say, let's have a review over the last two years and then let's make a decision with regards to what do we want to do for the next two years? Is it more of the same? Do we need to change the parameters? Or is it time that we both agree that it's time to be able to say this has come to a natural conclusion and we're going to move on and do our own thing so we can part effectively without all of those tragic legal costs? And I think if we go into either of those agreements with our with our eyes open, with some consideration, it'll make it far easier to be able to make a, a good decision as to whether it's the right thing to do for both us and our business. That's all about joint ventures. But I want to quickly just cover off business partnerships, that longer term agreement, just to be able to help people understand, one, the difference between the two, but two, the pros and cons of each. So first of all, let's talk about the positives of a business partnership. Sharing resources and expertise. We've talked about JV talking expertise, where now as a partnership, it's now shared resources as well. So it might be that we share an office together and we pay for the rent collectively together or buy a building together. It might be that we employ some staff within the partnership and therefore we've got a shared legal responsibility for salaries and contracts and the likes. It might be that we can bring together some very diverse perspectives um, and, and look at different avenues of being able to how to get to a common goal. It might be that we bring a business, different business plan or a manner in which we do business. Again, we've got some risk sharing, which is a, a positive um, in both camps. And we've got a set of complementary skills that we come, come together to be able to support each other with through shared responsibility. However, the cons of such is as a partnership, you're not going to go into it like a JV, where it might be that we say, well, a JV might be, well, I've got all of the money and you've got all of the time. So I'm going to put the money in and do none of the time, whereas you're going to put all of the time in and do none of the money. And when we comes to doing the exit or the split, it might be that we say, well, I'm going to take all of the money that I'd initially put in and then we're going to split the proceeds. And as a result of that, it's, I say on cash wise, financially, it's a differentiated split. It's not a 50-50 split. Whereas what you would tend to find in a partnership is it's a 50-50 partnership where everything is split equally. As a result of that, like I say, without an exit plan in place, without something in place to be able to protect us for the future, it can create conflict if at any time in that agreement, bearing in mind that a partnership is going to be a lot longer legal framework, if one person starts not to pull the weight, then there's a lot more wranglings and risks involved with regards to how to be able to part, part from the partnership without it being um, uh, impacted by legals and additional costs. It could be that one person takes long-term sickness absence and the whole business is resting on a single entity. And then we've got to determine as to, well, I'm still paying him 50% and he's not even here contributing. It could be that he wins the lottery and disappears off for a year to go traveling and he's still got 50% shares of the business. So it's about understanding the long-term impact of a partnerships to say, having the right legal entities written in place that say, and if this were to happen, then there's a means of being able to part that partnership without it having to go into a legal battle. So joint liability. If either one partner gets into trouble with the law or break any problems, uh, break any promises, if they are uh, found guilty of anything, either professionally or personally, that might have an impact on your business, then there is a joint liability in the partnership to be jointly liable 
for any costs or responsibilities or relationships. There is a dependency on each other rather than a joint venture where we come together with two different aspects that come together to form one. Then as a partner, we tend to find that the two have become a lot more interwoven and there's a lot more dependency on each other to be able to collectively provide what it is that you provide. And therefore, it creates a lot more complex decision making with regards to what we both agree on in order to be able to move forward. And I think there's the, the pros and the cons of each that all our warrant of merit or consideration or looking at if we were going to be able to move forward into either entity before we make that final decision. Well, that's amazingly summed up there, Jay. Um, and I suppose to come back really uh, to back to our situation, um, we we met um, and didn't actually go into any form of agreement um, for, I don't know, was it about a year, I think, maybe 10, 11 months. And I remember from my part, I was kind of working you out and seeing, you know, is this guy who he says he is? Um, is he, is he, are his intentions um, good? Um, I was very, I think, because I'd never been into a joint venture, I was coming from it from a complete lack of experience. I had my first experience, which was 16 years ago, and then to now to meeting you. Um, and I, I know that you've had some experiences with it in the past, but mine was very much, you know, the, if I'm going to let this guy into my life, like, is this guy going to be, right for my life as you know because you just don't know on the face of things and i think from what i've seen in the property industry so very much so people seem to be very keen to go yes let's do something together and they've met each other a week before at an event that they've met an event and they really i don't think that gives people enough time to work out do my values aligned are our intentions good are we a right fit have we got different skill sets that we bring to the table, what are you bring and what am I bringing? And I certainly know through the time of us working it all out, we, we met up quite a few times. We saw each other at different shows. We had lunch, lunch and dinner together. And it took quite a lot of time for me to drop my guard down and actually go, okay, yeah, maybe this is something that we can think about. So really, and my question to you, Jay, of everything you've just told us, like, do you have a, a, a gut, like a framework or a set guideline that you'd give people or a time to, 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 of knowing somebody before you then started getting into a JV or, or a partnership? Yeah, that's a great That's a great question, my friend. Yes, certainly. So let's give a step by step guide on the things that you would want to be able to consider if this is something that you're planning to look at and and give consideration for the future like you say it's not one of those let's meet in a pub have a conversation and go into a partnership or a jv next week so let's talk about um, the steps that you'd need to go through in order for this to become possible as a positive outcome at some stage in the future so you're prepared and ready number one get absolute clarity on what are your objectives what it is that you're trying to achieve um and your abilities to be able to achieve it, the time frame that you're expecting is to be able to achieve it within. Have clarity on where are you going, how how you want to get there, the time frame it's likely to take you as an individual to get there, and the style of way in which you're going to do so, the, the values that you want to be able to withhold um, throughout that journey. I call that assessing your readiness to move into a partnership, because if you haven't got those things in place, then I can guarantee you whatever it is partnership you go into is just going to cause so many levels of complexity and challenge that you're going to see it as a failure before it's even had a chance to be a success. So assess your own readiness by having clarity. Then move into a place of, well, if I was going to partner with somebody, who is it that I might choose to partner with? Now, again, we might say, well, my best mate, because he's, he's good, he's on board. I've seen brothers go into business and sisters go into business. I've seen siblings and cousins go into business. I've seen mates from school and college and uni go into business. However, just because they're your mate doesn't make them a great business partner. As we quickly established during that dating period before we even started courting, um, when we were when we were still fathoming each other out, we were quickly ascertaining that I have a completely different skill set to that of your own. And whilst we are somewhat polar opposites in the way in which we address business, but we are polar opposites that are magnified, magnified together by a common respect for each other's abilities. We aren't in contrast. We're not going to fight and argue over what and where and when and why and how. We have got different methods of being able to look at the same problem that comes to the same conclusion. 
So when we're looking for potential partners, we're looking for people that are the same common outcome and a collection of agreed values, but have got a different set of skill sets that complement that of ourselves, understanding what we are good at and then saying, where are my less good at? Where are my weaknesses? As Churchill once said in 1954, a man's greatest strength is to first acknowledge his own weakness. So understanding where we are at our weakest in the skill sets required to be able to grow a significant bigger business and then saying, who could I partner with that's got the same outlook, that's got the same values match, but has got strengths where I have weaknesses that collectively we can offer a better uh, uh, outcome. And then it's about approaching them for some initial discussion. There's no paperwork involved. There's, there's meeting up uh, at a bar at an awards ceremony to be able to sit down and have a conversation and sound people out, have a conversation to determine as to, could I work with this person? What would it, what might it look like? What are the conversations that we would need to have? What are the things that are the red flags that I thought I knew this person and then I subsequently found out something about them that has triggered a, an alarm bell somewhere? So just have some initial conversations. But off the back of it, if we're both in agreement that we think that this is a good way forward, now it's a case of being able to stop instead of rushing ahead and signing something and to do some due diligence, to be able to do some background checks, to be able to find out is, the, is this person who I think they are? And that might be, again, to look at alignment, but it also might be able to be looking at the background of that person to say, well, what have they done? What haven't they done? What, what accidents have they had or failures have they had in the past and how have they addressed those? It's about understanding as to the due diligence of could I work with this person in the good and the bad times and still get the same outcome? Absolutely. Um, I absolutely agree. And I think because we did that deeper work, every time we meet up and we have a planning session or we have some deep stuff, some stuff we've got to discuss, it just seems to work. And I leave, we leave, both leave it go, that was easy. Like the amount of times we've gone to plan like the next year and we're like, well, that was easy. Restructure, mastermind. Yep, cool. Yep, that, that. And we both bring different stuff to the table, which you're right. From the beginning of that piece you just did, we both bring separate ways of looking at things. But then that means that we then both meet in the middle and go, okay, that's cool. That works. Um, and I just wanted to really, um, as we've, we've got a few minutes left of this, of this episode, but really talk about um, what you've seen in business partnerships that have gone wrong and how it's gone wrong and how costly it is, because I think that's really important to talk about the, the, the cost of not just financial cost, but also emotional cost and what you've seen in the past and how that's how that's affected people. Certainly not a problem. It makes perfect sense to be able to cover that uh, uh, as an end point here. Um, the biggest problem that I've seen, and I've sadly I've seen it in multiple times, often with family businesses or people that have got into business together as friends, is they've gone into it with the now thinking, as I call it. They've gone into it with regards to, well, what would it look like now? And they haven't stopped to be able to do future planning. They haven't stopped to say, well, where are we? once we've got to where we've said that we want to get to, what does that look like? They've not stopped in the stepped out of the now thinking to be able to say, and in three years or five years or 10 years, or once you've got kids or once you've been married or once your kids have left home, once you've been through a divorce, whatever, whatever outcome that could be, what do we do about the partnership, the marriage that we're in, if life changes? Because let's face it, the only constant in life is change. And it's about being able to sit down and have a proper open adult conversation sharing the the good the bad and the indifferent about all of the different circumstances that could happen to say and can we mitigate that having an impact on this what do we need to do even if it's just to say if any of these things happen we agreed to sit down and have a formal structured meetings to say and how is that impacting this and what do we want to do in this to pre prevent it from falling off course and it's only when we're willing to be able to do the deep work in building the relationship. Like you said, it's about dating and courting and getting engaged before you get married in order that when you marry, you marry once and it's for life. And it's about being willing to have those open, honest, transparent conversations that says, listen, once I've got a million quid cash in my personal bank balance, 
do I still want to be opening the yard at 7.15 every morning and coming in on Saturday to oversee the overtime? It's about understanding as to where are you heading and what do we need to put in place to secure the ability for both of us to get there, but not at the cost of legals and falling out forever once we've achieved it. Agree. And that's exactly where we've we've got to, isn't it? To to be in a place like that, working together on the on the mastermind and understanding what we both bring to the table. Um, thank you, Jay, for coming on and talking about joint ventures. Is there any final bits you want to talk around around joint ventures partnerships before we uh, before we leave? Henry, what I'd like to do is I, I think we've shared a lot of information here and there's, there's some other stuff that I could I could easily go on and talk about this all day. So what I'd like to do, if possible, is why don't we put together a, a brief document with regards to all of this information and make it available for anybody and everybody that, that listens to the podcast to say, listen, if this is a bit of interest and you'd like to learn a little bit more, simply be able to visit a site where we can put a download and make all of this available as a check sheet to be able to say, if I'm thinking about going into either joint ventures or partnerships, I'm going to download this and I'm just going to tick things off. And it'll give us a step-by-step guide to help people make a better decision. That's amazing. And that is a gift to, from, from me and Jay to all of you listeners. One for me to say thank you for rating, reviewing, listening, getting us up in the, in the top of the charts. Um, and also because we want people to be able to do business together and well um, and take the stress and the hassle out of it and be able to get, then have your partnership. So what we'll do is we'll put a link um, in the bio of this episode so you can go onto it, download these resources. Um, if people want to know more, talk more around the Tree Surgery Mastermind, drop us a message. If you're not a tree surgeon, and you want to have a world-class business coach buy the both the add a zero books drop jay a message because what he doesn't know about business isn't worth knowing he spent two days with me last week and he came, he comes down every quarter and spends spends three four days with us and we we talked about buying businesses selling businesses everything and, and i just every time i spend time with jay i go away with a higher knowledge of business so if you currently running a business and you want some extra support i would strongly advise read jay's books and get hold of him so thank you everybody for listening um and as i said at the beginning of the so please like, rate, review, subscribe, share, tell the world. We want to make this world a more positive, um, impactful place to be able to help people create businesses that reoccurring income because that's so they can choose the lives they want, not be a slave to their own business or very underpaid job as a business. Thanks all for listening. Thanks, Jay. God bless. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I'm on a mission to get people to understand that failure is part of the process. So please share this far and wide, like and subscribe.